Rashad Penny on the ground, working right into the arms of Reeder, who topples him after a pickup of two. Double-digit tackles for Troy Reeder, undrafted with the Rams in camp. A surprise 53-man roster addition, and now he's starting to cover for injury. Hello and welcome to a Week 7 edition of Rams Revealed. My name is J.B. Long. Our guest this week from the Rams facility in Thousand Oaks is rookie linebacker Troy Reeder, who is coming off his first two career starts. First of all, uh, how are you feeling after playing uh, professional football in the NFL for the first time? Uh, Yeah, it's really exciting. Uh, You always dream about making it to this level and uh, hopefully making an impact for the team once you get here. So, um, you know, we've... Uh, going through a couple tough weeks now, sure. so we're we're looking to get back on track, and I'm doing what I can to uh, hopefully turn things around here. It seems like that 49ers loss really hurt some people in this building. I know you guys uh, had a lot at stake there. What's the reaction with the Rams now, three and three? You know, we're not discouraged at all. Uh, we know what we're capable of. I think the good and the bad part of things is, you know, we've lost three in a row now, but... We haven't played to the best of our ability. So, you know, you look at uh, how things have gone and we're not going out there and playing our best game and losing games. You know, that's concerning, but we're just not playing to the best of our ability. And we're really excited for when that happens and trying to make it happen soon. Maybe your best foot not forward yet, but quite frankly, the defense did its part over the weekend. I mean, holding San Francisco to less than four and a half yards per play, only 20 points, uh, didn't get a ton of help from your offense, but you did some good work in that game in week six at the Coliseum. Yeah, um, you know, football, there's three phases, offense, defense, and special teams. And uh, this year, you know, there's been times where each phase has shown something really good, really great and picked up the other uh, another phase. But we really need to find a way to get all three phases clicking at the same time. And uh, I think that's going to be really exciting. We'll circle back to your performance so far at the end of this podcast, but I'm super excited to dig into your personal story. And for the benefit of our audience, your father, Dan, played at Delaware and then a couple seasons in the league with the Raiders and the Steelers as a fullback. Correct. And then your mom, Cheryl, played hoops yes. at Elizabethtown College, won a national championship, Division Three title in 1982. Who's the best athlete in the Reader family? Honestly, my mom is probably the best athlete, uh, most highly decorated. She was high school player of the year in Delaware, went on, had a great college career, won a national championship, like I said, and... Uh, you know, I, I get a lot of that from her. Um, I think my brother and I both uh, have benefited from having both our parents, you know, being from athletic backgrounds and each have brought something different um, in our development. But in the uh, backyard game of horse, I mean, mom would take all those Any, off anything of you. Anything shooting or skill related, my mom <laughs> dominates. But as we got bigger, you know, she's, she's tall. She's 5'9", but... Eventually, our lack of dribbling and shooting skills, she sure. she still, uh, we were able to dominate based on that. But How about whether it's from your geography or your dad's history with the Steelers, after the bye week, the Rams go to Pittsburgh. Will that be a meaningful game for you and your family? Yeah, I think that's really cool because being on the West Coast, our conference, there's not that many games that are easy for my family mm-hmm. and uh, people to get to, uh, family and friends. So you know, that is probably the closest game about five hours from home so 
I'm really excited. Obviously grew up not a big Steelers fan, but following the Steelers and have some Steelers memorabilia around the house um, from when my dad was there. So it should be a lot of fun. All right. Tell me about your hometown, Hokessin, Delaware. There's not that much in Hokessin, <laughs> Delaware, um, which I, I love it. Um, I know a lot of my my friends and where I went to high school is in Wilmington, Delaware. It's more of a city. Uh, Newark, Delaware, where the University of Delaware is. It's more of a big town, uh, college town vibe. So Hokessin's kind of, if you picture a triangle, equal distance from from both of them and uh, about 20 minutes each way. And we got a pizza place. We have a Wawa and a library and a park. And that is a police station and a, ga- and a uh, gas station, firefighters, like, and that's about it. In my uh, deep dive into uh, Hokessin Wikipedia, it says there are several mushroom farms yes. operating in the area. Yeah. Are you a mushroom guy? I am a mushroom guy, but just recently have gotten into mushrooms. Uh, I actually live in the town over from the mushroom capital of the world. Kennett Square, Pennsylvania. How'd you so, avoid them for all those years then? Uh, I just personally didn't like them. My parents love them. Um, the big joke of my friends that come to visit my house is a lot of mornings it smells like a farm because there's <laughs> mushroom farms like a couple hundred yards from my house. So I don't even notice it anymore, really. Mm-hmm. But if it's a, if it's like a hot morning and uh those mushroom farms are steaming the compost and stuff. I have some buddies that are taken back, but it's just part of it. All right. Do you know these famous people? Have you heard of them from your hometown of Hokes in Delaware? You're already nodding. I feel like you, you it's a, probably a There's short list. Many, okay. So <laughs> this one's, this one's a, a little bit behind you though. Cab Calloway. Does that one ring a bell? Cab Calloway is a school in Delaware. Okay. Um, I'm not sure. Named after a famous American jazz singer well before your time. Tony Graffanino, does that one ring a bell? Baseball player. Yep, former major league infielder. Bernard Hopkins. Boxer. There you go, middleweight and lightweight heavyweight title holder. Um, More recent vintage from your high school, there's a current NBA player who you were contemporaries with. Dante DiVincenzo. You were a year ahead of him in school? I, I was a year ahead of Dante. Could your mom have knocked him off in horse? No. Okay. Dante was very special, fun to watch, and just really a different breed. Um, it was really exciting to watch him go to Villanova, which was local and had a lot of fo- really good following from our high school in the local area, watching him uh, kind of take off in that one uh, playoff run they had in the Final Fours and Finals and obviously get drafted very high. So. Yeah. First round to Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, tell us about your high school, Silesianum. So I went to all boys Catholic high school mm-hmm. um, called Silesianum school. Um, you know, it's, it's different. Um, uh, people joke and say it's kind of like a cult. Uh, I'd say it's similar to like a university in Notre Dame type of uh, atmosphere with, you know, we have priests teaching classes and um, our, our principal was a oblate of St. Francis de Sales. And, uh, you know, I, I really grew to like the all boys. Um, I think it brought everyone closer together. Sports were 
you know, very important mm-hmm. there, obviously. And we had a great fan base, unbelievable alumni. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't change that for anything. You're speaking my language. Went to an all-boys high okay. school. Went to Notre Dame, actually. Okay. Uh, my mascot was uh, the Bellarmine Bells. Okay. Yours, the Sallies. Is that right? Sally, Better? Sallies is the nickname, the nickname. for Silesian. Uh-huh. Because it's tougher to say. Gotcha. We actually don't have a mascot. So what would the rallying cry be then? Just Sally's. Sally's on three. One, two, three. Sally's, Sal's. Uh, We had some nicknames like that, but they they never had a mascot. What's better, Sally's or Blue Hens? Mm. (laughs) That's tough, but I, I like the Blue Hens as a mascot because Sally's isn't, you know, being in all boys school, you get. And and your nickname Sally's like you kind of get some yeah some heat for that but uh, so after your redshirt year at Penn State right. you go away for college you become a starter there you're all Big Ten freshman team but you decide to transfer mm-hmm. why uh, you know growing up my brother and I were extremely close and you know, I we both said to each other we we wanted to play college football together and we grew up going to Delaware football games. I got to Penn State. Uh, I wanted him to be there with me. I had a great freshman year, um, enjoyed it. But you know, we played together our last two years, my last two years of high school. And even though we had said it all growing up that we wanted to play college football together, it wasn't until we were out on the field in high school playing together that I knew we had to do it. So after my freshman year, I had been watching Colby's recruitment and uh I knew if Penn State didn't offer him which I was just shocked that they wouldn't after the year I had and I think he's as good or better than I am they didn't offer him so there was only one place if he went I would be able to go and play immediately with him and that was Delaware had he had he chosen any other FCS school I would have stayed at Penn State. Had he chose any FBS school, I would have stayed at Penn State. But when he decided to stay local at Delaware, kind of following my dad's footsteps, be a big fish in a small pond, gave me the opportunity to come back, play immediately. And I mean, it. there's a lot of things different about Delaware than Penn State. Um, a lot of tough things to give up that I left at Penn State. But I don't think for a second that I would be as good of a player if I didn't have those two and a half years with him being training partners and put in a lot of hours together. And, uh, you know, I, I got to give him a lot of credit. I'm the older brother, but I don't think I'd be where I am without him. So he's getting healthy this year, has two seasons of eligibility remaining. Correct. That's awesome. Hope you get to play together again, but you go from Saturdays in front of a hundred thousand in happy Valley to how many, at the average Delaware home game? The average Delaware home game's pretty good for FCS, which is eight, about 18 to 21 ish. And uh, we even, we have a really good fan base at Delaware, but when we go on the road, not everyone in our conference has that kind sure. of fan base. So unless you're playing at JMU, who does have that kind of fan base, I mean, I played in college games in front of three, 4,000 people and, uh, that was, like I said, coming from 107,000 ground shaking, roaring. So it was, it just meant that much to me uh, to play with him and uh, play where 
my family's from and, and for that. And, um, so you get to choose your homecoming for your college football career. Mm-hmm. But then when you go through the NFL process, you know it's going to be somewhere different. In fact, what was the farthest west you had ever been before you became a Ram? So I had played college football games, obviously in the Big Ten at schools like Indiana, Illinois. Um, at Delaware, we played at North Dakota State. But the furthest west I had been prior to being in L.A. for other than football was Pittsburgh. So <laughs> not even, uh, not even across the Mississippi. Do you remember your first impression? Like wheels down in LA first couple of thoughts. I was just thinking how scenic it was and how different the coast is from, you know, obviously I grew up right on the East coast, grew up around the water and our beaches, it's like desert and then right into flat. And here it's, I mean, there's bare, there's a cliff drop straight off right into the Pacific ocean. So, you know, I think that's just so amazing. The, um, different geography, just really like our country and how different it can be in different places. And man, I, I have a lot of stuff out here. I'd, I'd like to see, uh, in my time out here. So what led you to be a Ram? Like how did that college free agent process go? You have a say in the matter. Mm-hmm. So, Unfortunately, I did have a say in the matter. Um, you know, when I didn't get drafted, I had a plan. And, uh, you know, that plan was Los Angeles had a really good situation for a linebacker to come into. Um, I knew they placed a really high emphasis on special teams, which is where whether I knew I was going to be starting at linebacker or not, I know. I don't care if you're drafted in the middle, early rounds, you have to be a special teams contributor. And I wanted to find a place that valued that, um, a place that I knew I was going to get developed, get a good look and, you know, have the opportunities to put what I needed to on tape to make a team. So you meet with Joe Bear, you meet with Bones Fossil and it feels right. Yeah. Um, I was at 3000 miles away in Delaware on the phone but uh, I had communicated with both of them prior, like through the draft process. And um, I just felt like they were really telling me not what I wanted to hear, but the honest truth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to me, um, I'm a man of integrity and I just really respected that. You know, ultimately, when you sign as a free agent, there were 32 teams that passed on you. So, of those 32 teams, there's a lot of them that are telling you, you know, we're going to, we're going to take you, we're going to take you. And if, you know, at the end of the day, they don't, you know, so I, I felt really confident that this was going to be a great spot for me. Um, obviously being from Delaware, playing at Delaware, being close to home is something that's really important to me, but something that I knew I had to just put aside and know that this was the best thing for my career and thought it was a really great opportunity to come do something that, um, my dad actually got his start in Mm -hmm. Los Angeles and thought that was really cool. Uh, and obviously I think, uh, things have worked out so far and I love it out here. So you'd never been to California, but we fast forward through the off season program and it's week two of the preseason. Now you're playing in Honolulu. Yes. And not only playing, but thanks to a late hit on Dallas quarterback, Cooper Rush, ejected 
yeah. and find over 10,000 bucks. Now, let's just be candid. You're not making active roster salary at this point. Were you good for the 10K? So you actually only pay the fine once uh, you make the active roster. So even if you were a practice squad guy, you don't have to pay that fine. Uh, my agents and I appealed it, got it lowered because of the, you know, they, they basically said, you know, he's sliding, but we understand the situation. Mm. You're an undrafted rookie hustling, trying to make a play. You took your head out of it, but we're still going to give you a little slap on the hand. So took care of that. I mean, I'm just thinking you're an honor student as a finance major in college. At some point you have to be rethinking this decision. Like, wait, I haven't even made the NFL paycheck yeah. yet. And they're already trying <laughs> to ding me. Um, but at that point, what did you feel like your chances of making the team were? Because like say halfway through the preseason, you needed those reps. You needed that opportunity to show and you're off the field, not knowing what's next in two remaining games. Yeah. Um, you know, that's tough and you don't know what they're thinking, but in my perspective, I would say I would rather go out swinging, making the aggressive play and doing what I have always done to get there. And unfortunately, the play ended in a way that didn't work in my favor. But I think some of the reasons why I'm here has a lot to do with the mentality mm -hmm. of being aggressive and running hard to the ball, hustling. So... You know, you can look at it a lot of different ways. Um, we have a lot of opportunities and OTAs and camp to try and put as much good stuff on tape as you can. But uh, one thing they say through preseason is you're auditioning for the other 31 teams that aren't at your practices and aren't in OTAs. So you really only have four opportunities to prove to the other 31 teams who you are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I... I was confident that the Rams knew who I was and uh, we took care of took care of that and everything. So So those four opportunities mm -hmm. in this instance they finished on a Thursday night in Houston mm -hmm. and you're probably getting on the charter and flying back to Los Angeles wondering what's gonna happen next. Over those next forty eight hours, what did happen next? Um, so right before I actually didn't play in the uh Houston game. Uh, I dressed and um, they told me right before the game, hey, we're going to try not to play you if we can. And it was kind of one of those things where in my head I was like, this is either really, really good mm -hmm. or, <laughs> or bad. So you're cycling through all the things, right? Like they're keeping me or right. they want to get me through to the practice squad. They want to make sure I don't get hurt, right? Like all that's right. all there, probably going there's through. There's a lot of stuff going through, but – you know, I, I had felt like I'd done um, what was asked of me. Obviously, can keep getting better. I was prepared to play that night. And, uh, you know, you never know until final cuts are through. But I was after that, I was really confident. And uh, my parents actually were out at that game. No kidding. So I shot them a text right before I went out and just said, hey, I'm not hurt or anything, but I'm, I don't think I'm playing tonight. And uh, I told them I, I thought that meant I made the team. So they were in Houston, got to see them afterwards, which was cool. They didn't get to see me play, which, uh, you know, I think given the situation, they couldn't have been more excited. And uh, it was really cool to have them there and uh, kind of celebrate afterwards. And sure. Then, uh, 
throughout the next couple of days. You know, it's tough uh, when you get to college, you come in with a freshman class that, you know, like these are going to be my, my buddies for the next four or five years. And uh, he, at this level, it's different. You know, there are a lot of really good guys that um, aren't with us now. And uh, you know, that's a tribute to our staff and who they bring in, that they bring in such a high quality uh, player that cuts are tough. Mm. So. so when you get final confirmation, how does that happen? And even having had a hint that it might, mm-hmm. what were your emotions? You know, I was, no matter how much you expect it, um, when you finally find out that that's happening, I think just kind of take a second to reflect back on all it took to get here. Um, My road was not easy. Um, It was a path not many people would have taken, Um, but I'm proud. I'm proud of what I did. I'm proud of my, uh, my story and what it took to get here. So I I just think everything works out. Um, if you put in the time and work hard and, and do what you know is right. So just really excited. And then calling my parents and other family members. It's, it's really exciting. You mentioned the importance of special teams. You had your feet wet in the national football league before week four against the Bucks, but at the Coliseum, Bryce Hager is injured and you jump right in and play 18 snaps. How prepared did you feel for that moment? I was prepared. Um, I'd been preparing mentally. You know, I, that's one thing uh, I pride myself in is, you know, I might not play at all, but I'm going to train myself to prepare. So when my time does come, whether it's two years from now, two weeks from now, I'll have already been through that process of knowing what it takes to prepare. Um, so by the, So when we went to Seattle – you know, really my week didn't change. Um, even though I was starting and it was a short week, it was more practice reps than I got the whole season so far. So for me, it was actually more preparation than the rest of the year or for everyone else, it was a short week. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just got to prepare. I, I would tell anybody that just prepare like you're the starter and, uh, you want to be reliable, uh, when, when your time's called, uh, whether it's for a good reason or, or an unfortunate injury or anything like that. After two starts, do you feel like you belong? Yeah, I feel like I belong. Um, I have a lot to improve on. Uh, things every week that come up that you're, you see them and you're like, man, they'll never get me on that again. And uh, you start to recognize different things and the game slows down and now it's just, you know, we prepare each week for one team and then try and perfect your own craft day to day with uh, Joe Barry and, and what he does with us. So I just feel like I'm trying to get better and I feel like I am getting better uh, trying to do my my part for this team. Uh, well, Troy, have enjoyed the conversation. And truthfully, just as someone who uh, follows this team as closely as I do, my spirits were down today after three straight losses, just like a lot of people's. But this conversation, I think, has put me in a better place. I hope it's put our fan base in a better place. Uh, so thank you for uh, all the insight and the great storytelling. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And thanks to those of you who downloaded and listened. Before you go, if you take a moment to leave a rating and review, it would be great to hear from you. Also want to recommend Ramblin' with Serena 
Christina Morales as she talks to some of the biggest names from the NFL community to get their take on the Rams. Meantime, off to Atlanta to see if the Rams can get back to their winning ways against the Falcons. This has been Rams Revealed.